we were focusing uh, a study on pride. This is such an important subject, you know, it's not something I expected uh, for the new year, but I think it's really important when we dig into the many aspects of pride, it'll really, it'll help us. I mean, if as God's people, if anything, we ought to be humble people, and uh, pride will get in the way of us doing a lot for God, and so I've got a lot to share with you, a lot of interesting stuff. I'm going to take this in a different way this morning. You know, most people, I could just throw out pride verses all morning. There's about 153 I could think of right now, but this is going to have a little different text to it this morning just to get your thoughts um, focused around it. I just want to remind you, you know, two weeks ago when we studied pride, we, we had to talk about the origin of pride, which was in Ezekiel 28 regarding the fifth cherub that no longer is in that position. But the Bible said he's the cherub that covereth, the anointed cherub, by the way, that covereth the throne of God. He walked up and down the midst of the stones of the fire of God, the throne of God. It, the Bible said he was perfect in beauty. Now that's just, we can't even define what that means. And he was arrayed in all the precious stones of God and God's glory shone upon him. And he somehow was connected to musical instruments where he was involved probably with the choir of God. And, and it says, until iniquity was found in him. And it says, thine heart was lifted up. The very first sin recorded in the universe. In time, I don't know, but we know it occurred in Ezekiel's 28 recording that it was pride. And it has been the very essence of pride that's been at war with God since that moment. As Isaiah 11 talks about really what, what was in his heart. Because not only what occurred in the past, but it talks about what's going to happen in the future when the Antichrist enters into the tabernacle in Jerusalem and claims to be God in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So he'll get his wish that God will destroy him. And that's he ultimately will find himself in a lake of fire. But this has been a war, and he's using pride to manifest itself in every human being in a way to get people to reject God. I mean, Pastor talked about unbelief is what sends you to hell. That's true. But unbelief has its root in pride. I will not submit or yield to a God. That's what, that's what pride says. And ultimately, it sends people to hell. And so, I, I want you to think about it in this way that <clears throat> pride, I was looking at, trying to come up with a real simple definition. And I came to this conclusion that pride is the absence of God or a diminishing focus on God with a greater focus on self. That's, think about it. Is the absence of God or a diminishing focus on God with an increasing focus on me. That's what, and this is going to relate to something that you guys will be, much understand here in a few minutes as I get into uh, the, the power of technology and what it's doing in our lives and how it's affecting us. And so we left off on Proverbs chapter 6, that, yea, six things that God hate, yea, seven are an abomination, and the first out of the gate was a proud look. And so we talk about the many faces of pride, and we're on to the second piece, which is, let's see if I can get this, give me a sec, it would help to turn it on. Hey, I'm a little rusty, two weeks now, okay? Ready? There we go. 
puffed up. This is the next slide. We talked about the puffer fish, bigger than he thinks he is. And so first out of the box is conceited. The Bible says, be not wise in your own conceits. This is, these are people who love the spotlight. They love everything on them. It's again, it's all about self, and the limelight's all about them. And this is the all-encompassing know-it-all. You ever met anybody like that? Boy, they, and what do they, when, when they're a know-it-all, what do they like to do? They love to talk about themselves. Interesting that when people are one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting, the average time they talk about themselves is about 30% of the time, maybe 40 for a little bit, some folks. But when we go to social media and we use the technology platforms to talk, we talk more about ourselves than ever. And that number goes from 30% to 80%. And this is these are a lot of statistics. You can look them up. I've done a lot of fact checking on this stuff, and there's a lot more that needs to be studied on this, but 80% of the time when we're using social media to talk about ourselves, what I often refer to is the social media platforms as the accelerator of self. And this is gonna be some interesting things that, uh, that I'm gonna share with you this morning about that. The other many faces of pride is, is arrogance. Now you don't find that word too often in scripture, by the way, um, but it's inferred a lot throughout Scripture, and <clears throat> it's the attitude of superiority. Um, type A personalities, which unfortunately I tend to be a type A, which a type A tends to be a, a, a leader, a business leader, somebody that um, likes to have control, but often it leads to an attitude of superiority. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, verse 3, not to think of himself or ourselves more highly than we ought to think. But we do. And we're allowing social media to accelerate that um, more than ever. These are people that say, you can't tell me what to do. Do you know who I am? I mean, people find themselves, people tend to be legends in their own mind. And I, when I worked in the business world, this was prevalent. You know, you get a room full of type A personalities. Everybody's a leader. No one gets along. You know who I am? You're going to tell me what to do? That's, that's the attitude. And it comes from pride, which is arrogance. And you can't tell me what to do. And these are often people who think they're God's gift to mankind. I read a story that I thought I would share with you. is pretty interesting. It says a pastor, a doctor, a politician, a scientist, and a boy were traveling on a plane. When suddenly the plane's engine started to fail, the pilot desperately tried to fix the problem without success. He told his passengers to each grab a parachute and jump off because the plane was going to crash. <clears throat> so the pilot grabbed the parachute and jumped. The problem now was there was only four parachutes left. The politician quickly grabbed a parachute and said, I'm an important man. I work to make important laws, so they need me. And he jumped off the plane. The doctor grabbed the second parachute and said, I have an important job. I save people's lives. People need me. And he jumped off the plane. The scientist grabbed the third, the third parachute and said, I'm among the world's most intelligent men. And people need intelligent men like me. And he jumped off the plane. 
The pastor then turned to the boy and said, I'm old, I've lived a full life. You're young, you still have a long life before you. You take the last parachute. The boy looked at the pastor and said, oh, don't worry, that world's most intelligent man, he just took my school backpack. Isn't that the truth about pride? It has a destructive nature to it. I figure we could use a good laugh on, a, on the new day. Boasters. Oh, man. Woo! Social media. People love to brag about themselves. For men, this is talking about the last days, by the way. This is really interesting. As I started to tie this together, it's like, boy, this is starting to make sense now. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, and proud. That's in the last days. As a characteristic, we have boasters everywhere. God hates that. Um, I think it was Muhammad Ali was a boaster. And um, Muhammad, it was told that Muhammad Ali boarded a plane years ago and refused to put his seatbelt on. And the flight attendant just was like, you got to put your seatbelt on. I don't care who you are. He says, do you know who I am? He says, Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which the flight attendant replied, and Superman don't need no plane. <laughs> so, buckle up or fly away. So, Titanic, by the way, the nickname for Titanic was unsinkable. Do you know that? It was rumored. I try, I've heard this as, as if it's fact, but really it's more of a rumor. For those that were present, the captain of Titanic, Edward John Smith, was rumored to say this before they departed. Even God himself can't sink this ship. That's a boaster, that's an arrogant, that's conceited, and that's a puffed up man. And God proved them wrong. Exactly which is often where pride takes you every time. There is no good ending to a man or a woman full of pride. Never. There's always a law of, of humbling when people are proud. It doesn't matter who they are, a Christian or non-Christian, there's always a law in place that God humbles the proud. Um, they may get away with it for a, while, a long time, but but not forever. And so, these are the boasters. I'll kind of got ahead of myself. Look at me, what I've done. This is, let me tell you how special I am, crowd. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination. God hates this stuff. But yet, it's, it's in us. Pride is our very essence. Without the cross, without the blood, there's no hope for us regarding pride. There's no victory over pride except um, through the cross of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about the entire Christian life. We're talking about the pride being the absence of God or diminishing focus on God with a focus on self. As John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. This whole principle is about dying to self. Throughout the New Testament, we are told, you know, take up your cross, you know, you're crucified, you know, you're, you're dead to self. So when we talk about the carnal man, we're talking about the self. And God said, I crucified him. I put him to death. 
and rendered him powerless for you so that you could live the new life through the new man. Because God's telling you, if you give him room, if you let him rise, come off that cross and rise from the dead, he is going to give you all kinds of fits, and he's never going to serve God. The carnal man cannot. The self-centered, prideful man cannot serve God and will not serve God. And so God says, I've crucified him for you. Now you've got to reckon that to be true every day in your life. So we're talking about the destructive nature of pride. And every Christian should be familiar with this verse, but pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And I started thinking about this. Now, uh, destruction from pride comes in all shapes, sizes, and forms in our lives. Some are small, some are, you know, some are monumental, and our life changes over it, and we're humbled for life. And God can really do things to humble you for life from from from. You know, or there's little small things. And I thought about, well, let me focus a little bit more on the small things. But yet they felt monumental at the time. And years ago, uh, it was December, yeah, December of 2017, December 8th. It was a Friday. Alpharetta, Georgia got one of the most beautiful snowfalls that it's ever had. It's like eight inches of real soft but wet snow. It was, it was just gorgeous. And... Um, and it got really cold, got below 30 after it finished. And it's just one of those breathtaking views. Like, you just wake up, it's just everything's covered in white. And for whatever reason, that morning, I told my, my wife that I want to go for a ride. And um, I said, look, you know, I'm going to take the car out. We have two different cars, and they're both all-wheel drive. So I'm going to take the car out. And she's obviously, you're, you're not taking the car out. And I told, her, I told her what we often say, honey, I've got this. Now, there's two I got this. There's I got this, I, hey, I want to be involved, I want to do this, I want to help, I got this. And then there's the arrogant, prideful, I got this. When she told me, hey, you can't go out, it's dangerous, I was like, oh, I, I've driven in snow all my life. I, I know what I'm doing. And by the way, these are all four all-wheel drive vehicles. They drive perfectly in the snow. I got this. So for whatever reason, I opened the garage. And instead of taking my car, I decided to take her car. Now, I don't know why. I guess it is more of an SUV, and mine was more of a sedan. So I was like, oh, I'll take her car. And I got this. So I get in the car after she absolutely did not want me to do it. I was just going to go off for a drive and go to the gas station, get, get a soda, whatever. And I go up the road, and, you know, it, 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 nobody's been on the road, so I was the first one on there. And I was going outside the entrance, and, um, you know, it's amazing what happens uh, when you hit a sheet of ice that you didn't know was there. You know, you heard about black ice? Well, the snow and underneath that was all frozen. I, I didn't know this was possible, how a car could literally turn Within, I mean, you're talking about little slight grade, and I got to take the turn with a curb there. And as I go out the entrance, for whatever reason, that car picked up speed, turned, and I mean, it went from five miles an hour to probably 15, 20 miles an hour in seconds. I mean, it's just once it hit that ice, it went full on into the curb, the cement curb. And when it hit, it jolted me so bad, and and I thought. Oh my, what did I, I mean, I could, I could tell something bad happened. So I got out of the car and I looked and both tires and both wheels were completely destroyed, blown out, 
wheels bent. And I thought to myself, she's going to kill me, man. This is pride at its, at its finest, the small little moments of pride. And all I could think about is, I've got this. You know, oh yeah, I got this, I got this. Now I got to go back and tell her I don't got this. And I, went in, I got in that car and somehow I drove it home. You know, doom, 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 and that was the longest 30 seconds of my life. Because I had to go in that door and tell her. And I remember coming in, you remember that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And, she, and I said, Eileen, you're not going to believe this. I totally destroyed your car. I mean, totaled it. And uh, she she did one of the moments I told you about a few weeks back when she just goes silent on me. What I didn't tell you is she may go silent, but she gives me a look you would not believe, a look of death. And it was just that moment where pride, I got this, and then I destroyed her car. I don't have it. And so often those little lessons of life is Quit trying to take things into your control when it was stupid on my part to even go outside, be in the snow. There were too much, too much risk, but pride gets in the way and tends to have a destructive nature. And in that case, I destroyed her car. And so I've always learned that lesson. And I had a friend that came up to visit me. Oh, by the way, there's a verse here I'm going to share with you. It's interesting that pride goeth before destruction. And it tells us, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. So pride ultimately will send every person that uh, doesn't believe in Christ to hell. And obviously that road is wide and there's many. That's pretty sad to say. But I had a friend come visit me. This is a picture uh, behind our house in Colorado. Um, and that's a side-by-side. -side. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's like a mini Jeep with a lot more power in it. And uh, I had this as pretty much brand new, and my friend just stopped by, a co-worker, somebody just had been in Colorado, said, hey, we'll take you up in the mountain for the day, I'll show you around, and, and you know, we got the hot dog in and all that stuff, and he's one of those guys that's um, extremely competitive. Pride can be very competitive. It's okay to be competitive, but this is where you can take it to another level. He was one of those that I can always do it better than you. And then I'll do it whatever it takes. I'll, I'll make sure I beat you. I'm better than you. And again, I'm not knocking competitiveness, but when it takes this, like, I'm better than you, I can do it better than you, it always leads to trouble. So this is him. I had already done my run, come back, gave him the vehicle. I'm standing there videotaping this. These are snapshots of a video. And his words to me, like I said to my wife, I've got this. He said, just wait and see what I can do on this. Because I had just come back and told him I hit 50 miles an hour. You know, it's almost like, well, I, I could beat that. So this next picture is him going by me. So that's going away, but you see how close he is to me. As he was coming out of the turn, spinning, and he was doing one of these where I knew, uh-oh, something, he's, he's losing control because it's a very light machine, but it's very powerful. The next picture, you can see it's starting to tilt, and the final picture, it rolled over. Boom, boom. And so, you know, once again, I can do it better than you, and there's the result. The destructive nature of that type of attitude sometimes can lead to all kinds of problems. And uh, sure enough, he was humble, uh, he didn't know what to say after that. He destroyed that machine. That machine was brand new, wrecked 
the axle, the side, the, the roof came off, everything. Uh, he was he he survived, but I wanted to kill him. So it goes back to this this attitude sometimes is I can do it better, I'm better than you, and and then the destructive nature sets in because it comes from pride. And these are little things and they're somewhat almost humorous. It wasn't humorous at the time, but I look back, it was somewhat humorous. But that's that's the destructive nature of pride. But today we have an equation for the destructive nature of pride, especially for the younger generation. This this is a, a more mature crowd, as I would say, so less apt to be consumed by what I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to tell you, there's a younger generation out there. I honestly do not. We have no idea the consequences that are happening or going to happen based on what I'm going to share with you. We, we only have a glimpse of it today. Five, ten years from now, we are going to be in a world of hurt and trouble with this next generation if things don't change. And it comes back to this destructive nature of pride and pride's deceitful equation. Pride tells us that beauty is important. It's so important that people will do anything to appear beautiful. They chase money when money has, with the love of money is the root of all evil, and they chase popularity. And this is somehow they add all this up and they believe it brings success and happiness. Some of those miserable people on the face of the earth have all three of these things, and they are the most miserable people. It's a lie from the devil. And all this is an obsession with self-image. Again, a diminishing focus on God and a focus on self is what's driving pride today. Or pride's driving this. And it's an obsession with self-image. What's, well, what's behind this? Let me go back. I can do that. Uh-oh. Well, I went too far. Sorry about that. So, the image that we tend to want to present to ourselves or people are presenting in today's world is this perception that's not based on reality. Now, this may not, you may not be aware of this, but there's whole, like millennials and Gen Zers, they live on their phones, they live on social apps, they live on communicating this way, and they're presenting an image often, not all of them. They're presenting an image to, of themselves that's not realistic. I sat at, at, at a ski resort at the bottom of the, uh, the mountain, and this is a perfect example I'm talking about. Five, six feet away from me was a, a girl, probably in her mid-20s, and she spent, I was there for an hour waiting on someone. She spent the entire hour taking pictures of herself. It was like, you know, click, 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 and then she would mess around with the phone to image it and all that, and then click, 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 click. She did this for a full hour. This is not uncommon. This is very normal. This is very natural for them. And it's creating a self-image. She's looking for that perfect picture, but it's presenting a distorted image of themselves because they want to influence everybody around them. They want everybody to think grandiose of them. They want to think that they're important and that they have influence and that somehow they're special. And they, from that, they gain attention and status and and and. Unfortunately, it's presenting an unrealistic portrait of themselves, and it's creating and wreaking havoc on them. And I'll show you, I'll prove this to you in a minute here if we hopefully have time. Um, it's the world of selfies, image editing, like buttons, followers, 
friends. The more followers you have, the more friends you have, the more likes you have, the, the, the more beautiful your picture is, the more people are attracted and you become an influencer. And this is the world of, that's driving self-image behavior and it's diminishing a focus on God. And when you start to present God as a life of dying to self, this is radical change for them. Now for the older crowd, some are falling into this trap, but for the most, you have maturity. The maturity to say, hey, whoa, this is something wrong. I don't need to prove anything today. I'm already ugly. Why do I have to try to prove if I'm beautiful? But people that are in their teens and their 20s and the 30s, this is a world they live in. And it's creating a world of pride and narcissism like you have never seen in our history. It's also having a very destructive um, pattern to it. Galatians chapter 6, we're all familiar. It says, you know, if we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap destruction. This is sowing to the flesh. It's all about me. Look at me, what I can be. And I'm not saying technology is wrong. I'm not saying social media apps are wrong. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is an obsession or, a, or, or over excessive use of it is a problem, especially when it focuses on self. So how do these apps create, how do these apps Influence pride. Don't do this to me. Too fast. Okay. How do these apps influence pride? You see their TikTok up there and Facebook and, you know, I, I, I'm not even familiar with half of them. Chat, uh, Instagram and, and video chat and all that stuff. It's creating a world of narcissists. Narcissists, for those, I'm, I know most of you are familiar with that term. You hear it a lot today. Uh, people that are accused of being narcissists, but it comes from Greek mythology where uh, Narciss was, rejected the love of others and fell in love with himself by looking at himself in a reflection in the water. And the more he looked, the more he fell in love with himself and the more he adored himself and eventually he died and a flower came up. That's the story and that's where we get the word narcissist. And so... This is the definition of a self-centered personality style characterized as having an excessive interest in one's own physical appearance. Hello, social media. This is what's driving it. An excessive preoccupation with one's own needs. It's all about me at the expense of others. And there's a picture of a narcissist in himself looking at a reflection of himself in the mirror. And it created this I'm important, and I'm special. Now, let's take it one, what's driving, what's, 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 how is the devil using this in today's world? The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. By the way, it says, lest Satan should have an advantage over us. So he can gain an advantage, but we need to be, we not, we should not be ignorant of his devices. I'm afraid we have an entire generation that's ignorant of his devices. And we know in Ephesians 6, it says that we're to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's the same word. Wiles is trickery, deception. And he's using technology today to drive a focus on self and a diminishing or absence of God. He's winning the war. You say, how is this possible? Because in the last days... We're warned this would happen. How do you think the world's going to get to a point of accepting the Antichrist as God? Because he'll be in the image of man, but in perfection, and they will see that's what they want instead of the God who created them. 
in the universe. Interesting that in the last days it says what? Men shall be lovers of their what? Own selves. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now for the dopamine effect. Um, it's 1045. I, I, I probably should stop here. But this is one of the tricks in the wiles of the devil. It's important for you to understand what's happening and why there's an addiction to the phone and to social apps. And it goes back to this chemical that's released in our system called dopamine. And dopamine is the feel-good pleasure reward system in our... So when something good happens, dopamine is released. Well, we, when we come away from that dopamine, we want it again. It's the same chemical release for gambling, drugs, and alcohol. Now, we all have age limits on that. And we know it's wrong. However, in the world today, 8-year-olds, 7-year-olds, 5-year-olds are on social media apps that are dopamine affecting them. And they want more and more because it's creating this image that they need to keep sustaining. And we'll get into that. I, I, I feel unfortunate that I can't get to what was really important here is what, how is this destroying? How is the destruction happening with the pride of self-obsession? And I got statistics for you that will make your hair stand up. What's happening in the United States and across the world. It is frightening. And you can go online and mental health is, number, is becoming one of the top issues in the world. And they all know it's related to this. Self-image obsession. Pride. With that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your grace. Lord, thank you for the subject that we're studying today. We know that, Lord, that, um, we want to be a humble people, but we also recognize that we need to be uh, careful in our own lives of being focusing on ourselves versus focusing on Jesus Christ as a priority in everything. God, help us, Lord, as a people uh, to, to, to be a humble people that are always seeking to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and help us to minister these truths, Lord, that, that we're hearing uh, to a generation that is falling into the trap and being used by Satan to be destroyed. So I pray, dear God, your blessings. May God, you help us, uh, guide us. Give us strength in the new year. May everything be done to your glory and honor, we pray. As we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.